folks, welcome back to another, another episode of Biomass. We're in episode 117. Glad you're sorry, 217. I'm totally off here. Uh, glad you could join us. Uh, we got a bunch of topics this week. Some really good stuff came out. So let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Soraya Zell. I'm back. You thinking you're back? I I, I am. Jay doesn't yeah. any better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I'm Soraya Zell. Um, I have been on every podcast with the exception of one, um, and and that's it. I mean, to be fair, you still hold by far the record for attendance, so I mean, you can at least brag about that every time it comes up. He wants an award? No. Okay. All right, Jay, you're up, man. Hey, this is Jay, and I'm also one of the purveyors here on the Biomass Media Empire, aka the the podcast that we all just get around and hang out like we're like getting our uh, our weekly gaming session on in somebody's house and having a beer. Uh, but we just happened to record it and let you guys all in on our deepest thoughts. It's kind of cool that way, huh? And so, anyway, uh, that's me. I'm here. I'm Jay. And uh, that's it. All right. Uh, and Livy, you're up. Hello, I'm Livy. Uh, return, I don't even know what, commentator. I'm in the midst of packing, so my brain is just surrounded by what to put in boxes and not. So, but I'm here. All right, and I'm Pokey Draven. I am, of course, the resident uh, Destiny 2 lore expert, and my advice is, of course, way more valid than anything that Jay says. Um, just so we're putting that out there. I mean, Jay's son said so, so we know it's true. Um, I help host the show, and I do the Dungeon Cross series with Livy on YouTube. Okay, all right, real quick. Hold on, go Story ahead. time. I am Parker, and I'm a big Fortnite player. Welcome, Parker. We'll talk about Fortnite in a bit here. We got some good stuff that came out uh, this week on that as well. And now he's staring intently at my iPad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get started with some of the trailers that came out this week. So big, big week for uh, for DC. So we've got Aquaman. Did you guys see that one? Yep. What'd you guys think? Uh, my short response to the DC videos that I saw was that they look almost like they're trying to make marvel movies so pretty good i am i am legitimately on board for aquaman uh and a movie we're going to talk about probably in a little bit shazam but it looked good like i i like the tone of it it didn't look it 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 certainly did not appear to be as sturm on drying as the uh you know the other dc offerings so far so i'm i'm kind of i like it I like the casting. Jason Momoa is really, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna have a really good kind of take on Aquaman. They definitely appear to be kind of doing a little bit of a New Fifty Two style Aquaman, which is that's really where that one of the sort of many reboots they've had in Aquaman's history, where they they try to make Aquaman Aquaman quote unquote cool, you know. But that was a pretty good series. That's actually a really good take on him, and I think they're gonna have a lot of. Uh, a lot of pieces that, that kind of follow that story arc from, from the new 52, but it looks good. It, it, it looks pretty good. You got uh, a lot of classic Aquaman characters that are debuted in there. Uh, nothing looked too cheesy. The, uh, there's no like cringy lines or anything like that. And I think if they, I think what they've basically done is figure out what is, what is the kind of character that Momoa can play and how do we make an Aquaman that fits that as opposed to trying to like, shoehorn him into something else so i this has in my mind this has the potential to be pretty legit like i think i think this could be really good 
yeah, when I first found out that they were casting Jason Momoa as Aquaman, it was kind of like a, yeah, no, that that works because I I watched him, of course, and and I know Zell did as well in the Stargate Atlantis series where he played um, uh, was the name Ronan? Was it Zell? Yeah, Ronan Dex. Yeah, yeah. so it, it was like, yeah, that works. Um, him as an actor is pretty good, you know, kind of kind of made for TV. I, I don't know how well he do how well he will do in the film, but like you said, Jay, they it looks like they're trying to make the character fit him rather than the other way around. I think that'll probably be for the best. He's not a bad actor by any means, but he's not one that I put like top tier, you know? So yeah, he doesn't have a lot of classic acting. He kind of basically plays a more narrow band of, you know, whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, he kind of plays like a certain band of characters, you know, what you, you know, maybe he's just playing himself. I don't know, but uh, he's got some movies out there where he actually has to do, you know, a little bit more, you know, carrying the movie type acting and, and he does. Okay. Uh, I think there's other characters in the DC world. He would have been a way better fit for than Aquaman like Lobo, which basically looks just like Jason Momoa, but with white, like chalk white skin, you know, flies around on a space Harley. He's like an intergalactic bounty hunter kind of guy. He probably would. It's, he's sort of a Deadpoolish kind of character too. Uh, he probably would have more easily fit one of those, but I think the way the take that they're putting on Aquaman is going to work. I think it's going to work real well. Uh, so I, I think that's good. I, I, I like how they're doing it. And everybody else looks good. I mean, they are all very straight out of the comic book kind of looks uh, to include, you saw Black Manta, which is, you know, classic Aquaman villain in there. Ocean Master, you know, he, you know, he looked pretty good. Mara looks really good. So, I don't know. Uh, like I said, man, I, I like this. I think they're definitely trying to take a different tone uh, than they were in the previous DC movies. Uh, and there's also word that there there may be one or two minor cameo slash bit parts by some of the other DC actors. Because this is apparently takes place, I think, immediately after uh, Justice League. Or very, very shortly after Justice League is my understanding. Yeah, no, I think it looks pretty solid. I was I was pleasantly surprised by this one, and I think it could turn out to be actually much better than some of the other offerings we've seen come from DC lately. Did you see the picture of him in kind of the classic, uh, uh, you know, orange and orange and green Aquaman outfit? Ooh, no, let me look that up real quick. Yeah, so there was two trailers. So there's the trailer they publicly released, but then there was another reel that they showed only, you know, so I, and that was that's pretty common right now in E3 this time. So basically, there's a public consumption trailer that everybody gets up front so, so it's not spoiled. And you don't get like grainy, crappy iPhone footage. But then there's a second, a lot of the other movies are doing like these second, like shorter, like juicy cuts of like about a minute in length that is not anything that's in the other trailer. So they're kind of, it's probably a good strategy on everybody's part. But in the second one, there's a couple, there's a couple images floating around. Uh, but he's actually in the classic sort of orangish gold chainmail top and green, um, you know, green kind of pants sort of outfit. Uh, and it looks pretty good. It, it looks real good. Yeah. I'm not sure this is the exact one that you're looking at, but I, I do see something with him in that outfit. It actually looks, it looks pretty badass, much better than it could. You know, I think it, they could have kind of botched that, but from what I'm seeing, it looks pretty solid. No, that's pretty badass. So in other news, we've got uh, the Shazam trailer as well. What'd you guys think of this one? I can't buy this. I know, I, I know that JL Common helps probably tell me all sorts of things that I don't know about this franchise, and, you know, he's already indicated he, he, he likes it. But, so, 
I watched five years of Chuck, and I cannot. I I just I can't wrap my like. You know the the uncanny valley type of feeling, like where you're like, there's just something about this that feels off, and I can't I can't handle it. And that's Zachary Levi as a as like a ripped muscular superhero. I can't buy it now. I'm not gonna buy it later. I just can't do that. I I I don't know. I, it's it's the weirdest choice ever. I thought it was weird when I first heard it. It looks weird now. That's my biggest complaint. What do you think, Jay? Well, um, I, 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 I see Zach's – or gosh, I, I was about to make a horrible faux pas there. Uh, I, see, um, I see Zell's point, uh, having seen, you know, Zach Le- Levi and – or Levy or Levi. I've seen him in, you know, a couple of things, Chuck and a few other things. And it's, it's not easy to square with that image. But he really captures, you know – kind of the spirit of the character very well in terms of what I was looking, looking at, at least on the, uh, you know, on the trailer. Uh, now I, what I, what I need to see more of is I don't, I don't know how I don't think he could have done enough steroids to have made him look like he filled that suit out appropriately. Um, but I'm, you know, as long as the suit doesn't look like he's wearing a bunch of styrofoam, that's what I'm worried about a little bit. It's just visually, you know, like, how does it, how does it kind of work? Now, he's also been almost almost adamant that that's really his body under there, and there's a lot of people that are like, "No, I don't know that brother." No, no yeah, no. He's got a dad bod from the looks of it. I'm sorry. Well, dad bod, dad bod, Shazam. I, I, I'd buy it. I just I, like so. I mean, maybe I'm mean, like I said, maybe he did he did some phenomenal steroids. I don't know, but uh, as long as the costume doesn't look gimmicky, like so, if you look at like a still picture of it, like like from that trailer. It kind of looks like the tick, you know what I mean? Like it looks like a red version of the tick, just like this flamboyant, literally styrofoam esque musculature on it. So if they can make it look good, I'll buy it. Um, you, you know, it sounds kind of shallow, but that's actually kind of a thing. You know, when you're doing these, uh, if you're gonna do like a big, big budget, big budget, real superhero movie, make it look right. But. Uh, Overall, I think he actually captured it because the thing is, you got to find somebody who can be believable as essentially like a you know like a thirteen or fourteen year old kid in a you know a superhero guy's body. So, and I think uh, Levy does a, a pretty he did a pretty good job of that. I thought he's okay at it. Uh, I do like Digimon Hansu as uh, sort of the you know the the wizard that I cannot remember the guy's name. You know the wizard Shazam that basically imbues him with power. That's pretty good. Mark Strong's always a good bad guy. So I'm kind of on board there. There's rumors that Dwayne Johnson might make an appearance, or they will at least reference Black Adam uh, in the movie, and like I, a like a end of end of credits tease for their sequel thing. Maybe, but I, I'll be honest with you. I think that's a horrible cat. I, I I'm generally on board for The Rock in a lot of things because you know, I think he's. A, I mean he he's kind of he's kind of a not necessarily a uh, can't miss guy, but. If you're going to put The Rock in, in in a superhero situation, like a legit big budget DC or Marvel kind of franchise, I just, Black Adam is just not, that's just not a good one. You know what I mean? That's not one for, that, that's not one that you can really carry, uh, like carry a franchise or different offerings on or any, anything like that. And it's just not a good character because they're really going to have to change it a lot to, to fit what he could do. So 
I, I don't know. I, I like it. I'm excited for it. I think they, they're going for a little bit more of an Ant-Man sort of vibe to it. Maybe, you know, in terms of like a little bit more fun, definitely family kid friendly kind of superhero movie as a, certainly as opposed to the justice league and uh, Batman versus Superman. Yeah. I'd agree that I think they're, he, he definitely nails the, the tone I was expecting from the character. So I think that will be pretty good. And I think that you're correct that it's going to be much more of a tailored towards a, a family setting rather than, you know, super gritty dark that we've seen them really pushing for. They're trying to back off a little bit on that to, to bring this in a little more closer to where kids are going to be able to digest it and not be so high level for, for the maturity. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like a Marvel movie. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I, well, I mean, and I, like I saw a, um, there, there's a brief video that showed like all, it was like basically on the left side of the screen, it had a bunch of little mini screens of all the previous DC movies in, in the current sort of world. And then on the right side, it, or not, not even the current, not even just the current, but it had a bunch of DC movie uh, trailers all starting simultaneously on the left. And then they had like Wonder Woman, uh, yeah, Wonder Woman, Shazam, and uh, and Aquaman on the left. And it was literally like dark, dingy, barely can understand what's going on, punctuated by like a lot of fire, smoke, and like hazy things exploding. And then on the right, all bright and people running around. There's people smiling and high fiving. And you're like, hmm. Me thinks that there's a change afoot. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's true. I mean, we've seen them not do so hot lately, and I think it's they've realized that we tried to be different from what Marvel was doing, and it's just not cutting it in today's market, so we have to make a shift here. So you'll probably see it going more that direction over the next few films. Okay, and then last up on our, our list here, we had the Titans. And this is the TV show coming exclusively for DC streaming service that's launching soon. So, oh, I got some issues with that one, but yeah, please carry on. <laughs> well, tell us your issues. I okay. Well, by issues, I mean wait, wait, wait. I don't know what so to think about you're, it. Yet. You're you're not allowed to do this review while using any swear words. Which <laughs> I will not do that because I can't because I have a copilot with me. But I will say this. Um, as bright and marvelly as the aforementioned Aquaman and Shazam is, the the Titans is it just Titans or Teen Titans? Just Titans. I think it's just called Titans. They're calling it just Titans. The Titans, not not the same. Um, I am kind of on board with the characters that I saw and kind of how they made the characters look, and it, it, that like it looks good. I'm not gonna lie to you, it looks good, but. I am interested to see at how they actually flesh out the characters so they don't go too, too DC, you know, if you get my drift. Yeah. I mean, it's going full opposite from what you were just talking about. I, I do, I do like the look of, I, I, th I think the look of, uh, of Robin is pretty good. He had a very interesting take on, <laughs> on uh, there's a very specific line that everybody's talking about. Uh, which I think was very decisively put in there to kind of separate that movie from other, other things going on. Uh, and it's also, you, you need some sort of plot device to basically keep some other DC characters out from interfering with the, the Teen Titans. Um, I thought that Starfire looked really good. And that's the one that's kind of one of the more, you know, you know, CGI sort of special effects, effects intensive uh, along with uh, Raven she looked pretty good. An interesting take on her too. Um, I thought the animal boy guy, the little green animal boy, 
kid was Beast Boy. Yeah, Beast Boy. Boy. I thought he was pretty Come good. On. That one's the one that also can that can quickly go go sketchy if you're not careful because uh, he's also got a very unique personality, unique as in annoying. Um, overall, it looks good. I'm just a little bit. I got to see more before I, I. You know what I'm saying? I just got to see a little bit more. No, that's fair. I mean, it's and like I said, it's going to a very extreme. I mean, when I pull it up on YouTube and it says, "Hey, this preview is rated mature," I'm like, "Okay, we're going there." Like, you now, know. Well, the part that's confu- the part that's kind of weird on that one is that Teen Titans is literally like it, its whole genesis was it was designed to kind of cater to younger younger people. I mean, it's I mean, look at like Teen Titans Go and all this other kind of jazz, but it's the the, the Teen Titans are, are you know. They have always been a much more geared, you know, kind of geared down level uh, storytelling. Even though in the comics they can get pretty serious, some of the latter ones, but it's still, you know, it's about kids basically. Um, so they're taking kind of a a real deep step on it. Now, is this in any? Is this in the same realm as DC, as the DC Cinematic Universe, or is this its own thing? They haven't said. I and I mean, there pro- someone will probably say something at some point, but I mean, generally DC's been pretty widespread with you know any given DC property thing. tends to be on its own universe unless we say otherwise. aka the Arrowverse. I mean, the reason I ask is because you very much have the Arrowverse, and then you have the DC kind of cinematic world. Well, but I mean, like you have other offshoots, like uh, Gotham has no connection yeah, to anything, for example. Um, I want to say, you know, they, they had kind of the, the DC animated universe is kind of indicated to be kind of one universe where they, they throw in, you know, your, your Batman animated series, the Superman, the Justice League. Uh, those were all a shared universe as well. Um, but they, they, I don't think they've said this is part of this universe. And I have a feeling that they're, they'd be very hesitant to say it's part of the, the, um, DCEU because that is, that, that has not worked well for Marvel. I, is, I, it makes me it makes me think that they're playing it safe to see how well Aquaman and Shazam do, maybe. And I mean, they did good with Wonder Woman, and if Wonder Woman eighty four goes well, they might. I could see them like, yeah, it's more or less related to it or something like that. I mean, the biggest thing is like, so Agents of Shield's been on five some odd years, and there there was kind of the subtle tie-ins with the the MCU. It's technically part of the MCU but they won't refer to it in the movies at all because, you know, once a character has been shifted off of the movies and appeared in the TV show, you'll never see them in the movies again. And for the most part, that's just because they know that the movie-going audience is so much larger than the TV-watching audience for a given franchise. I, I, you know, just based on how I've seen that play out for Marvel, I doubt DC would start designating TV shows that are part of its movie line. Yeah, no, I can see that. I mean, it likes just it's it's interesting. I do think that um, the Teen Titans have a lot of neat neat sort of things they can do. Uh, I mean, it's not like a huge big genre in terms of like super, you know like marquee superhero names and stuff like that. But there are, there are a lot of cool characters that have, uh, as you can imagine, deep crossover with a lot of other DC things. Like for example, one of the things that made me a little curious is uh, Deathstroke. The that kind of uh, quick cameo that uh, Joe Manganiello did in at the end of Justice League, you know, the kind of the, the mask, like the, with the blue and orange mask uh, mercenary guy that gets, that meets yeah. Luther. 
he he is a he's very much like the like a Boba Fett esque uh, character in the DC world. Very very popular anti anti hero kind of character. Long running series. He is one of the primary um, antagonists of the Teen Titans. He's like one of their they're kind of they're, he's like probably their marquee uh, bad guy that they that they contend with. So I was kind of curious how that was gonna. I feel like they may be risking overusing it because um, not only are they, you know, there's been a tendency like the Arrowverse has lost a lot of characters because they were going to be in movies like the Suicide Squad and stuff. Um, But uh, Deathstroke has also actually been a major character in the Arrowverse for a number of seasons. Um, So with that and the fact they want to use it in the movies, that might be something they'd stray away from. Uh, But that was speaking of characters that show up in the movies. Um... I didn't. I don't remember seeing Cyborg in this trailer. He was not. Are they? Are, do we know point. if they're leaving him out because he's in Justice League? I. I they're gonna have to, right? I mean. Yeah, because I mean, if they if they're not going to commit to you know connecting this, they really can't because either it would be the same guy or it wouldn't be the same guy, and that would kind of confirm it. So that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. It's a good catch. So there's well, there's two things there. One, this is still. Basically, it's like it's was it uh, what channel is this on? It's on the DC, the DC streaming service. Yeah, so it's still it's still going to be basically a TV show. Cyborg, unless you put him in a big metal and rubber suit, a la you know RoboCop, it's you know that's like a twenty four seven CGI character. Whereas like Starfire and Beast Boy, that's stuff that you can basically get away with when you need to. Um, like only when their powers activate. Well, Cyborg has to walk around like that in every scene. That's a good point. So they can also bring what other characters? Because the Teen Titans hasn't always been just those four. That's true. I mean, you have what is the uh, um, the Flash, but um, for the record, uh, my son Kid, Kid Flash is or not something. A Titans movie of Cyborg is not in it. Good point. <laughs> well, okay, because um, he's familiar with like Teen Titans Go, right? So he knows the core team. Of which Cyborg is a member. And he also... Are you pretty sure there's going to be a Batman cameo? Yeah, because I remember in a trailer it showed Batman chasing down the team. No, are you sure? There's yeah. no way. Yeah. I I'm think, no. Batman's uh, going to be in this one. I think you're, I think you're, I think you're high on chocolate milk. No, okay. it's in <laughs> um, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, at, I'm having an argument here whether he's, he actually thinks he saw Batman. I don't think you did. Yes, I so, did. It was in yeah. Well, uh, go ahead. <laughs> Boy. Uh, well, one of the places that they do have a couple other characters. I didn't throw the trailer in here because I, I, I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't supremely interesting of a trailer. Um, but they also showed off a trailer for uh, Young Justice, which is their their more recent ish cartoon based on younger characters that are related to characters that of the more established Justice League franchise, and that's their animated one that is going to be part of the streaming service as well um and that's where they threw like you know instead of aquaman you get aqualad and they have like some other athenian girl who's is kind of wonder woman-ish and and such so um that's another thing and i i almost wonder if they might borrow a character that they came up with for that franchise just just to kind of fill out the roster but uh, i don't know now so this the original show cartoon came out 15 years ago so I was 15 at the time. I was dating myself there. 15 years ago? Yeah. yeah. So for this to come out now, I, when I watched that show, I was a teenager. So that was kind of like the demographic they were going for, right? 
do you think that this darker tone is not to appeal to the same age group as the original, but rather to appeal to the people that watched the original and weren't necessarily satisfied with the direction they went with future installments? Good question. Uh, I still stand by the fact that it's it's definitely geared toward a demographic that it not it it usually isn't. Let me put it that way. No, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Um, in the them dropping the teen part of the name is probably indicative of them shifting focus, obviously, because it's absolutely not meant for teenagers. Um, it's it's up there. So uh, no, that's interesting. I, I this trailer actually interested me more than I was before, just because I kind of want to see what they do with it. Um, so I'm kind of with Jay. As I, that's I called want, the morbid curiosity. It's, interest. It's, it's kind of this like I could like this, but I could also really, really hate it for similar reasons. So we'll have to see how how that one goes. But uh, I, I'll keep an eye on this one. It should be good. All right. So moving along here, Zell, tell us about your your Star Trek discovery. OK, so um, we usually don't do like uh like additional seasons of tv shows but i don't care i'm putting this trailer in and i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about it um they uh they previewed like a a two or three minute preview of the next season of star trek discovery um which is also on a paid streaming only service you know special thing which seems to be where all the cool things are these days as it as as it turns out um but uh the the big spoiler-ish thing from the end of the first season is that the enterprise showed up and said uh hey we need your help with things um they're casting it's it's 10 years before the original series so it is it is a pre-kirk enterprise the captain of it is captain pike and it is and he is played by uh anson mount who uh if you don't remember uh his last role uh (laughs) was was short uh which was he was the lead on inhumans um and then He's actually um, he's actually a really good actor. He he looks good in this, so you know we'll see. He, and he then was, he was one of the guys. I think he might have been. He was in the final three to be the DC Cinematic Universe Batman. Uh, it, it came down to him, Affleck, and somebody else. But he was he was he's really good. I can see I can see that actually. Um, and then and this is this is once again going back to our like star trek trivia from the 60s to single episode numbers is like the original pilot had captain pike and a character that they solely referred to as number one um which was the the original number one of star trek and uh she is going to be played by uh rebecca rummagen who uh was uh mystique on the original uh x-men franchise and uh her most recent role was that she was in librarians which got canceled this past year so kind of some some new stuff with that and then they are going to the other thing that's kind of cool is that they're going to do uh kind of kind of relate similar to the marvel shorts they're going to be doing uh what they're calling short tracks and they're supposed to be 10 to 15 minute shorts about various one-off characters including they're going to do kind of some backstories and some characters that are already in discovery that might be introduced to discovery in the future and uh, maybe some that aren't are just kind of larger universe unrelated to the series itself. So that's kind of neat. Um, they've basically said that there's um, they signed they signed Alex Kurtzman, who is one of the writers for the uh, movies, to like kind of take over the lead of this series because the previous people got fired for um, things. Um, 
and uh, but it included a note that it is to cover not just Discovery but a number of future series. So Star Trek may be seeing a much larger presence in the future, which is kind of cool. They might there's there's been rumors Patrick Stewart might get involved again, and they might do a couple other things. So. No, it sounds like they're do, doing a pretty good job of kind of rebooting a lot of the interests surrounding that franchise in general. So that should be pretty cool. I, I like to hear, I don't, I don't subscribe to the streaming service where you can get that, but I do like to hear them kind of working on it. So that's pretty cool stuff. It's, it's, it's really good. So I'm actually kind of hoping like, you know, leading up to season two, which apparently isn't actually going to roll out until like January of next year as, as it seems like half of TV is taking six months off this year. Um, but you know, usually around, you know, the new season coming out, there's usually a way to get the old season, like on Blu-ray or something like that. And I, we haven't heard anything like that for, for Discovery yet, but I'm kind of hoping that there will be a way to get a hold of it if you don't want to pay for it. But I, I mean, even then with the whole season out, it's like, I think it's $7 to, to do a month and then you just burn through the whole series. It's not too bad. I, th- I think you get a 30 day free trial even. So if you want, you can burn through it for free. All right, sounds good. So moving along here, uh, Zell, since you put it on the notes, I'm going to make you talk about it because I'm assuming you have seen the original one. So the next Harry Potter film, this is part of that Fantastic Beasts series. Uh, the we, the, JJ, the J.K. Rowling needs more money uh, uh, series. Yeah, that one. Got to um, keep it flowing, the, baby. We'll, we'll take some you know, random side references in the, the Harry Potter franchise and turn them into full-blown you know, cinematic carrying trilogies, apparently. Yeah. Um, so the, the big distinct one is that, um, uh, Grindelwald is actually in this trailer more than five seconds, which is, you know, unsurprising given that the trailer, the the movie is called the crimes of Grindelwald, which he, he really wasn't in the first trailer. Um, Grindelwald is Johnny Depp, um, and, and JK Rowling is, is totally not going to talk about why they're still keeping him on the movie. But, um, you know, it's it's the usual fare of wands and magic and, and things. Now, did you see the Fantastic, the Fantastic Beast movie? Because I didn't check it out. Yeah, yeah, it was it was all right. It, it wasn't it wasn't anything like super stellar. You know, I mean, obviously the effects are good because it's because it's a Harry Potter movie. But, um, you know, I, I will say this. I, I actually I enjoyed it maybe in a different it's it's a different style of movie than Harry Potter, the Harry Potter series, which is really. It, it just like the books, frankly, it was sort of worked in in a way that you brought in a like an age bracket of people, kids, and then every so then as they were growing up, they were kind of growing up with Harry Potter. If you look how the books kind of got released, it's kind of how the movies were. So you kind of got this very long form, like you know, origin story almost of who Harry Potter is, is, is sort of what it really ends up being. What they what they did really well is when you particularly if you go into some of the the greater Harry Potter verse stuff uh there's a lot of discussion in some of the later books about what particularly when they were talking about like what created Voldemort and like how he came about and all this other kind of stuff uh the big wizarding kind of super war was World War Two, so that that was a big culmination of uh of Grindelwald's you know machinations or whatever but anyway it was pretty serious stuff that they referenced in some of the later Harry Potter movies. So what they, you know, while the fantastical beast things was kind of a one-off of a, of a, like a a textbook, basically it, it does keep with like, it referenced him as 
uh, or at least his brother is doing certain things during the war. I mean, there, it's it's not it's it's not totally out there, but there were some hooks in the earlier earlier books that it was a more significant action, you know, as more a more significant character than one might think, particularly in the past. Uh, but but it's a di- very different style. It's you're not like watching a little kid grow up. You're watching like a guy get into an adventure, and what they do a pretty good job of is explaining a lot more about how things work in the Harry Potter world, uh, particularly because a lot of that story took place in America. You really get to see a difference in how other things are working that are you know would be contemporaneous to what happens in the Harry Potter world. So from that angle, if you kind of go into it like that, not expecting a just a straight-up Harry Potter movie, it's pretty good. I, I, would, I would offer that. And I think this is um, all the kind of super like elder wand, you know, the invisibility cloak, et cetera, all those fancy items that really came to be very important in the end of the Harry Potter franchise. I think it was Grindelwald who had them all to begin with. Right. And that's why that had that, control of a lot of them, I think. Um, so that's that's kind of one of the tie ins. Like me personally, though, like I would really I like. There's there's an appeal to having the movie, movies that aren't like directly backed by the books because you don't get disappointed that things are missing that you you liked in the books or whatever. But I really wish they would maybe carry it forward. It's the same problem I have with Star Trek is they you know they they always go prequel and you go back and I'm like just just tell me what happens next. You know we we had that you know seven year origin story for for Harry Potter. Why not why not do a, a movie with with you know I don't know Harry Potter in it. Well, I, th- I think you could actually have something. You could, you could probably. I, I actually like your ideas a lot. What I think you could do is, if you kind of fleshed out the modern Harry Potter world, like imagine a Netflix series set modern day in that sort of Harry Potter verse, and you're you're like you have you're following like an Aurora or something like you know a wizard cop or whatever, um, and he you know maybe he bumps into Ron or Neville Longbottom or whatever like that, which would be pretty easy to do in the series. You don't have to. You don't have to have Harry Potter bopping in and out all the time, but you could actually flesh out a lot of stuff that could kind of push push that world forward fairly easily if you think about it. Yeah, I think these films have done a pretty good job at, at developing this sense of hey, we're world building. It's not Harry Potter per se, but we're trying to explore this this universe that it was set in, which I think is fascinating because even like the the books that this whole side thing spawned from, they were not really. Uh, novels per se they're more like a handbook that like someone in the world would own that would kind of explain different creatures and stuff you'd have to watch out for um and that of course spawned this whole thing but that that kind of gave this sense of like hey there's more to this story in this world than just these set of characters and there's a lot of stuff they could do with it i'd love to see them really kind of dive into this because you could explore a lot of different parts of the history and the lore and that sort of thing and not feel like you're over milking it, like having too many films about Harry Potter as the character, but you can look at all these different facets of the whole world and it could be actually really interesting. I'd, I'd love to see more of it. All right. So moving along, we're going to talk about guardians of the galaxy three. So the director, oh, James Gunn, who uh, directed the first two films has been fired by Disney. And this is because recently some tweets that he made like eight, ten years ago uh, kind of resurfaced and people have been buzzing about it. And the tweets were basically him joking about some sensitive topics like pedophilia and rape and that sort of thing. Uh, And so Disney just said, well, 
yeah, we don't want that attached to our franchise. So you're gone. Um, which is unfortunate because I really liked the first two films. I thought they were really well done. Uh, I hope this doesn't make them less than they could be, but uh, it is something of interest. I thought that, that kind of worth mentioning. Usually, you know, when you hear about directors leaving, it's because of a conflict of uh, creative ideals, like we saw with Deadpool two. Um, but something like this is, you know, a little more touchy and sensitive. And it's like I said, regardless of where you stand on the subject, I think it is, unfortunate because like I said, the first two films were actually pretty solid you know it's it's i i think first of all is they should get the the thor ragnarok director director to step in Taika um, yeah he'd be yes good. He, he would he he would have it he's already shown he can he can play with these characters in this space um these sorts of characters in this space very well um they could i i honestly i wouldn't be surprised if they hire him back um just because like this was this was this was uh, cleverly arranged. Um, it, it was uh, uh, very very obviously political, as James Gunn's recently been uh, fairly on the liberal end of things, and it was a it, it was a conservative set of sites that were kind of bringing this up and kind of you know drawing attention to it, and it was timed right before he was supposed to speak at Comic Con. So it's one of those things where Disney's like. If he steps on stage at Comic-Con and someone asks him about this tweet on stage for a Disney product, you know, it, it, I, and, and so I, I suspect to that degree it was it was uh, a little bit of a of a hit. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was it was fast. I want to say I the, the from I heard there were tweets to Disney says he was fired was a couple of hours yeah, I, I I have mixed feelings about this. To be frank with you, um, the, the there there's part of me one it, okay for context. James Gunn, you know, for context, James Gunn has uh, if you look at anything he's done outside of directing a movie, he's a pretty he's one of the he's he's very similar to a lot of the comics nowadays, like actual comedians that get in trouble for what they say in social media, which is very similar to what they will say in an act in a nightclub and get killer laughs for, but it, it's designed to be very provocative. Um, and he has a, that, that is very much a track record of his. And he was like that well before they hired him for guardians of the galaxy one. So I, I, I kind of view this as a, it's just kind of ridiculous that, that now you, you would, you would look at something that's basically in public record, well known, and James Gunn's James Gunn's pretty well thought of generally in Hollywood, from my understanding. Nobody thinks he's like Harvey Weinstein. No, nobody thinks he's, you know, he's some lech that's running around, uh, you know, doing crazy stuff. Not, at least not not that I've heard or not that I can tell. And you know, I'm I'm cert- I am certainly not in the know, but it doesn't he doesn't appear to have that reputation. So they respond in this way now. If they try to hire him back. I can tell you if I'm him, you're going to pay me a lot, like a lot, lot, uh, because there's probably there's plenty of other people that will hire him to be. I, I suspect. Can you imagine him getting hired by by DC? Like, hey, come do a couple DC movies. He would annihilate stuff if he did that. Yep. No, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that, Jay. If we're going to give opinions here. It's like 
they knew what they were getting into. He wasn't like hiding this. It wasn't anything that was recent. Like it was a long time ago. And he's even come out and said, he's like, yeah, back then I was a comedian. I did stuff like that where it was, you know, you would say stuff like that to get a rise out of people. And it was meant to be controversial. Um, but he's, he's, I've, I've grown a lot where I'm not, I'm not going that direction anymore. That's not the kind of stuff that I want to you know, make jokes about and that sort of thing. And then he's changed over time. And from my personal perspective, while those topics are really inappropriate and I totally understand why Disney wants to distance themselves from that. And if he made that, those comments like, you know, this week, then yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably something you, you don't want to be doing if you're working on a Disney flick or, you know, anything for that matter. But this was a long time ago, and they obviously had no problem hiring him for the first two films, which he was very successful and made them a lot of money on. Um, and it's like, you know that Disney does their homework, and they, they, they had to have seen that for years since, you know, those films were done. They knew what they were getting into. So this reaction is kind of like, really, guys? Like, it's obviously they're feeling the squeeze and not so much that they... I don't think they, they personally are like, oh, wow, this is a big surprise. Now we have to do something about it. It's more of a like, oh, shit, people are actually taking notice of this. And we don't want to have to deal with all of that. So they well, I, they made that a hack, you know. I don't, I don't think that's new for Disney. Disney does, Disney's very concerned about its own image more than what it actually does or yes. who it actually hires. The, the fact that it got public attention was the problem, not the fact that the tweets existed. Um, but I, I like on, on two sides of the coin... I would say um, one thing that I reminded a few people um, is that uh, there were people who would immediately rush to say, well, those are old. After 10 years, it shouldn't be held against you. And I just want to point out the uh, the Trump Access Hollywood recording is five years older. And so that's the first thing I want to point out. But then on the other side of the coin, we I, like, as you said, he's apologized for it like a number of times. And the point that I that I read uh, that made a lot of sense to me in particular was we shouldn't punish people who have changed because if you know if you want to encourage people to change to get better to not say things that they shouldn't say you want to more you you really want to reward people who do change not say oh well a decade ago you were this so we're gonna punish you for it now so. That's that's kind of the two sides of that. No, so. absolutely. And I think that there's a there's some distinction there because you've got lots of examples of things that were said a long time ago. And if it's, you know, someone is showing a continued track record of behaving or saying certain things over a long period of time up until, you know, current times, then yes, that old stuff is extremely relevant because it still shows that, yeah, even from back then, they were like how they are now. If you've made a significant change in how you conduct yourself and your character and, and how you behave that has merit as well. So, I mean, the, the time thing, you kind of have to look at it from, has a change happened since then? And are they still behaving that way? Or have they obviously made a difference? And I think in Gunn's case, he has changed. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are raunchy, but they aren't anywhere what we're talking about here. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely evolved over time. Um, and I think that's worth taking a look at. But like you said, Disney cares about image and they aren't going to sit and dance around trying to say, well, he's changed. So it's okay. They're just going to go, he's gone. It's over. You know, we, we don't want to have that as part of our franchise and that's, that's it. So, you know, that's unfortunately the way it went down, but Disney behaving this way is not really surprising. Uh, I just think it's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. It's uh, it's a little difficult to kind of figure out 
you know, what, like I said, what to kind of think about it. I actually, I think this is going to go one of two ways, sort of. One, he either get like I think the I think the concept of him getting hired back is certainly on board. Uh, at some point, it would not surprise me if that occurs. Uh, but it will be at quote. I'm sorry, cut out for a minute. I think the idea of him getting hired back is certainly plausible, but there will be a reckoning in terms of getting him back. I think he will he will make a mint. Um, and the other way, if I were him, I would literally go out and offer pro bono services to uh, to DC to actually make a legit DC movie for free. Just give me a cut of the movie and I'll show you how well I can do. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's certainly a difficult situation. There's lots of ways you can look at it. And I, I don't want to turn to a big political discussion, but, you know, I thought it was kind of interesting to kind of kick around because we have seen other things pop up in news of this nature, but usually it has been something that hits a, a topic that we typically need to cover on the show here. So I thought it'd be good to bring it up. I think a problem that we are forgetting, and I think um, uh, most of us have grew up with um, things not sticking so much with the social media, but now it's, it's almost that really big lesson of when you post something and it becomes public outfacing, it is permanent someone's already snatched yeah. it if it's offensive this is a lesson of it's not like when you used to be in college and you had that one drunk night and no one told anybody because only people around you knew about it this is something that will stick with you forever yeah. and ultimately change the chances you have in the future uh, and in this case he didn't even delete his tweets he deleted a couple i think jay jay did you say something i, I, I think i missed it uh no i did i'm sorry no i i was just I was I was very much nodding violently as as Livy was talking because that like um, it what's a little scary is you it, you know it kind of depends on how transparent you are on social media too like if you just have like a almost like a PR face on on social media and you're very guarded about things that's that's one thing but and you almost kind of have to be be defensive you know play defense all the time on social media because like I like my day job certainly. Like I, I actually maintain, you know, a personal like social media account that's actually tied to my full name and it, and it acknowledges my affiliation to, you know, to, to, uh, to the United States government. Right. Uh, because I get, like, they look at my social media, like the, like my social media gets observed by people. Uh, and then I have another one that I use for things like this, which are much more, you know, topical to to gaming and you know like other stuff like almost like a public and a private public and a private method for social media and a lot of people didn't do that when they were setting their accounts up and i certainly didn't do it till late but i think livy's point is like everything's out there and you can't take anything back and you can't whatever you do don't type angry don't type drunk don't you know uh and don't type when you're too happy don't type when you're too happy pretty much <laughs> don't type when you're being really honest you know it's it in many ways, I think it, I think it's a greater problem that is like really you, you're we're hurting the discourse in the country and honesty in the country, and that's a, that's a bigger topic for the show normally covers. But I will say this: I don't care what end of the political spe spectrum you're on. When you play, when you get too fond of playing gotcha games, um, it, there's no good way out of the, the spiral. Like I, I think I, I would offer that like probably the liberal end of the spectrum has mastered that ninja art very well. The right end of the spectrum is definitely catching up fast. James Gunn's a little bit of a, maybe maybe getting caught up in some of that part now. 
but the problem is you you can't they're like two fighting six-year-olds that you can't separate you know and and all it's going to do is make these all it's going to just make these type of instances more and more common how often has have if you look back in the last year an actor uh he or she will put out some tweet that is very innocuous but then will get taken to task by some group of very niche snowflakes uh, on whichever end of the spectrum you want to choose. And then that person now suddenly bows out of the role. That's happened. To- and immediately has yeah. to apologize yeah, and disappears nothing. forever. Absolutely. They, they did it with uh, Scarlett Johansson this week. Did you guys know about yes. that? That was insane. Yes. That was absolutely what insane. Happened? What happened with that? Basic, so um, Scarlett Johansson was, this was kind of a follow-up to, you remember the whole Ghost in the Shell thing with her playing a character that everyone thought should be should be Asian. Even though it was part of the plot, but yes, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she was signed up to play uh, a, and, and this would be based on a true story, but to play a transgender character of, of fairly significant importance. Yeah, but and, and um, for the record, that character is a female that was transitioning to a man, uh, not the other way around. And, and I, and, if I remember correctly, they had not done the surgical transformation. So call what you want, like figure out however you want. Like, you know, well, I, like, I mean, the, the, Johansson the has issue... all the pieces to play the person that she, they, that she was going to play. I mean, the, the, the issue of the concern was mostly that, that or from what I gathered and, and is, is that people were upset that they didn't get um, a transgender actor to take the role because they've said the the people who were were pushing this were saying transgender uh actors have a hard time getting roles for straight you know positions and that they shouldn't give away a you know transgender character role to a, a straight actress that was should i be upset that samuel l jackson is playing nick fury when i grew up with a guy that basically looked like you know, Sergeant Rock. There, there are actually many people who are upset about that. Yes. Yeah, I was originally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, y- you know, and I, 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 see that side of the argument. I also see the fact that you know, if you want a Hollywood exec to greenlight a movie, it needs to be have a certain name attached to it. Scarlett Johansson can sell tickets. A lot of other people that could potentially play this role would not. So the movie may not, you know, we, we have no idea. Will the movie even get made now that she's bowed out of it? I don't know. It's not really our, our, a movie that falls into our, our franchise of coverage, but, um, uh, there is actually as, as regarding transgender representation in, in shows and movies is I guess Supergirl has cast the first transgender superhero played by a transgender actor for their show. That's so, correct. Okay. That was also announced hey, I, uh, here's the thing, like, this week. Ultimately I'm on board with, I just want good. I just want good entertainment. I want good, good content. Um, and, and the reality is you referenced the Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson thing, you know, kind of you know, last parting shot on that one. The difference between Scarlett Johansson and then somebody else playing it is one, it becomes either a, a mainstream movie or two, an art house film that six people sees. That's the difference. Point exactly. You want an A-lister, right? Right. I mean, no one's going to see the movie. If it's no offense, some person who doesn't have a lot of movies under the belt, because people will automatically go, I don't know that person. I'm not seeing that. And and I get the whole thing of like, Hey, I, you, you know, I, you know, 
a transgender actor, you know, he or she may be saying, I don't get the same opportunities. I, I do understand that. But back to the, you know, as it kind of circles back to the, to the bigger James Gunn thing, I think everything is so divided in the country. You're at, you're seeing it seep into, into, and as Zell very aptly pointed out, the, a world that we normally would not, that, that it would not normally touch. I think things are so divisive across the board in the country that it's seeping into things like superhero movies, you know, science fiction movies, guys, guys making, you know, you know, mo I mean, think about the humor that is in Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 and Thor Ragnarok that we all die laughing at. The Jackson Pollock line, give me a break. Oh, yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, just think about that and then... You, ex you expect somebody who basically writes those kind of things in Twitter and pretty much wrote the screenplay for those movies to say different things in different venues. It's, it's crazy. But we have to sit and argue about the, about the nationality of a character who is entirely a robot. <laughs> I mean, let's think about this for a second. It's like, like in the Ghost of the Shell example, is literally a robot, and we're like, but it doesn't look Asian enough. It's like, it, it's a robot. It doesn't have nationality. It, it doesn't in that aside, they actually tied that in, which is why I laughed at the end of that film, because the whole point was she was Asian, but got put into a Western looking robot model. It, the whole thing was stupid. Um, and I, I've always been a big thing of keep the politics out of my video games, my movies like that is its own conversation out in the side. Why are we ruining all of the fun? Just let's watch shit get blown up. But we got to talk about, you know all of the stuff it's it's not really Im I don't want to say it's not important but it's not relevant to what the purpose of the film is trying to do and th this isn't like you know like I saw Olivia off the side here this isn't like you know we made a movie called the gods of Egypt and then cast zero Egyptians and it's all white people that's that feels a little off but for this it's like really like it doesn't seem like you're 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 off the mark you aren't casting characters with incorrect people it's it makes sense for what they're doing but we still have to throw a fit about it and it's just it's i think this blanket coverage of like oh it all has to be this certain way or it has to be this certain way um it's frustrating you know I, I feel like it distracts from from a lot of the good stuff that could be coming from this but we get hung up on things that are not really relevant necessarily to what is it's trying to do as a piece of media well um i think we should probably probably yeah. kind of wrap this one yeah that, that, we've that turned we've, into more than i wanted it to we've gone <laughs> in like d direct all moral outrage about anything pertaining to the past segment to pokey i don't want to hear it um yeah <laughs> um so this is this is the part where i basically throw um zell a bone and he likes to do this so I, I like to do it every once in a while i'm going to give him a chance to tell jay that he was wrong about something and then those two are going to fight for about 15 minutes and then we'll go to the next topic so zell, we're, we're, tell we're, jay we're, why he was we're wrong. looking for a long show so um, I, I listened to uh, last week's Biomass. I was actually, it was exciting. It was the first time I've been able to listen to the Biomass podcast as a, as a listener um, because I can't listen to myself speak. I, I, I don't know how all of you do it. I really don't. We, we don't so, the show. That's fine. Okay. But so I was able to listen to an episode of Biomass that didn't have my voice in it, which was great. Uh, but then Jay said something. He said that Blizzard wasn't the type of company to do homages. And so what I linked in response was that the current event on Heroes of the Storm is called um, Riders of Warchrome or something like that. And it has a set of skins for a, like four or five characters that are all straight out of 
Mad Max Fury Road. And 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 obviously World of Warcraft is well known for little quest characters that are that are references to other other things. And so they are very much an homage company, just not an Overwatch. Uh I, I saw you I saw you know I don't follow that kind of Blizzard stuff as much as I was legitimately thinking more of like Overwatch, uh, you know, like that game specifically, fully realizing that Blizzard has a very large monopoly of other very successful games. I still think that that's more of a really bad, like late 90s death metal type thing versus Mad Max. I, I could be wrong just based on what you sent, but your point is taken. And for the record, I did not apologize nor say that you were right and I was wrong. I just admit that you have a point. And I could have been more precise in the language when I was using to describe Blizzard in that I was describing a very specific Blizzard game, Overwatch. That, that, was, some, <laughs> that was some proper lawyer speak right there. I'm, Jay I'm, would be good at apologizing for the pause on, on social media for, for actors. <laughs> I'm sorry I tweeted wrong. You are absolutely right. Now I disappear. Oh my gosh. Okay, so now that that's out of the way, uh, so... Well, well, I'll, I'll keep my my chill on this one. So, No Man's Sky, um, I promise, won't be a half an hour rant, is getting uh, its fourth big expansion, and this is actually they're they're kind of dumbing. I in only the... have I have one question. What's that? Are they adding more planets? They're they are not adding more planets, um, but they are adding like a lot of the features that should have been in the game as promised, like two years ago when the game launched. So, like I said, this is the fourth update. Um, all updates since the game launch have been free because they would be absolutely insane to try to charge for the stuff they've been adding. But this one is kind of they're dubbing it No Man's Sky Next because it's kind of meant to be kind of like this big 2.0 update where they add in a lot of stuff that people have been asking for, some pretty big features. So they're adding multiplayer, like proper multiplayer. I think before um, there was no multiplayer and then they added this thing where you could like run into other people but they were kind of balls of light they weren't actually like players you could interact with that's terrifying yeah so they were like little ghosts i guess so they've added proper multiplayer so you can actually group up as a group and like go do multiplayer missions and that sort of thing so kind of turning into like a true co-op game which i think is what people really wanted i think that also comes with the possibility for pvp if you run into another player that you you know want to kill you can try to do that so people are very excited for that uh, they're also adding the option to go third person, uh, and with that comes the ability to customize your character. So I think before it was all first person, your character just looked the way it looked and you couldn't tweak it or anything like that. So they're adding the ability to, you know, zoom out, kind of look at the back of your character, and you can, you know, change the color and the suit, I imagine, and some various options. Uh, most likely you'll probably see some monetization there later in the line, but that's to be expected. They've also updated the visuals um, on that point. If you've seen some of the recent footage of the game, it looks really good. Like, I don't know what they did, but the engine is making stuff look really pretty. And, and No Man's Sky was a, was a good-looking game to begin with, but they did something to tweak it. I can't put my finger on what it is exactly, but definitely a big visual improvement, so that's cool. They've also added unlimited base building. So before, in some of the previous updates, you could build, like, a little base. So, you know, little airlocks and tubes and modules like that. But you were limited to just one planet where you could build a base. So with this, you can build bases on any planet you want, which is kind of cool. Uh, and they've also kind of expanded some of the limitations of the base building. So before you were kind of limited by size, they've kind of increased that limit a bit so you can do some more stuff with it. And also they have added freighter fleets. And I think this is basically the ability to kind of group up and fly a fleet of ships around, you know, this giant universe to do 
whatever they have in store for, you know, missions and that sort of thing. So definitely kind of a bigger focus on making the world a little more, you know, your own, right? Like you can customize it, you can build stuff um, and you can do it with friends, which I think is what people really won from the get go. And this is a pretty big update for the game. Um, I think it's getting closer to what was originally promised several years ago. So people are excited for this one. And you've actually seen quite a pretty large uptick in reviews on Steam lately. So people are happy with this. It's coming out on the 24th, so that's like in two days. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a free update. I'm not going to pick this up. Um, I won't get into the details why. I, I don't like when game companies blatantly lie to you and, um, you know, up until the very point of launch and then kind of scramble to go, oh, well, you know. But if you're interested... Um, it's probably going to be on sale. You can get the game kind of cheap and there's a big update coming through, which is kind of going to be more in line with what was originally talked about with the initial kind of press wave. So it might be worth looking into if it's something you're kind of interested in. So yet again, it is still lapping star citizen because it's actually released as a game, no matter how bad or sketchy it is. It had like, that's the thing, though, is there by the time Star Citizen says it's released, it'll be perfect. Whereas all these other games came out like half done, like where Star Citizen is, is now, but then said like, well, we're 1.0, we're missing everything. That's all. It's just a, it's just a really slayable title. No, to, to be honest, I actually um, I'm excited for anything in this realm of things. Yeah, um, I have a I have a certain I like the reason that I, I'm interested in Star Citizen is I have this this you know, dream of being able to go into this, you know, space sci-fi world with friends and it be really realistic and have it's just like all sorts of things I can do that that aren't really limiting based on these are the mechanics that we figured would tell our story and nothing else. Um, so I'm all for this is, you know, them, them picking this up and, and running with it and making it, you know, a big step above what it was before. This is awesome. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. It's like this is, and and interestingly enough, like what you guys I think have also hit on is this continuing or what what I'm seeing is really trend is maybe a strong word by the way, but there is a uh, it's it's growing in in its commonality that you release a game problems with you know because people that want the developers nowadays particularly I think have these very deep overarching visions for their game they desperately want to, to fulfill that vision. But, you know, you can only cook a game so long. It's going to release. And then there's very few games like God of War. That, that's, I think that's really one of the things that set God of War out. That was designed as a single-player, very curated storytelling experience with a lot of very cool action involved in it. But that's what it was designed as, whereas a lot of these games are not, and they are predicated on the fact that if we release it and we can survive long enough you know, from a financial standpoint, we can realize the vision of the game. Uh, and the trick is at what point in that vision do they release it? And, and like how on the mark are they with, with the customer, you know, with the customer base. So I, I think, I think I'm, by the way, I'm super on board with Zell on this. I was, I was, I was very interested in, in uh, No Man's Star Citizen when it came out. And I, I've become more and more interested in it. I was very disappointed at the initial reviews didn't pick the game up, but I've been hearing it more and more bubbling up that, hey, they're, they're definitely getting it to the point where it, it's, it is worth playing. And that same vision that Zell laid out is exactly what I've tried to find in other games. Like that setting in particular, you can find some things like that. Like 
you know, in some of the more fantasy-driven settings, you can find kind of some of that stuff. Uh, but that's very specific sci-fi world. That would be kind of my wheelhouse, you know, in terms of something where you can, you know, have a lot of agency as a player and really kind of branch out on your own, but, and you can do it in a very collective fashion if you desire, you know, or, or a, kind of a solo, solo fashion if you desire. But that level of agency and choice in that specific world. It's what I was really hoping that No Man's Sky would provide. I also like the exploration aspect. And that's what I, you know, for about 30 minutes, I thought Star Citizen would provide. And then I, I figured I did about 30 minutes of homework. And at the 31 minute mark, I said, no way. <laughs> so I, I'm, I hope they do well. I really do. Yeah. I mean, jokes aside, I, I do always hope that, this is someone's job at the end of the day um, and having a game fail or not do so well or have really poor reception when it launches is it's never a good feeling. Um, and I wouldn't wish that upon anyone because I know people who work on this stuff, they work very hard on it. So I hope it does well. I hope they can kind of turn this around and get it to where they wanted it to be. Obviously they were unable to get it where they wanted it to be, but they're, they're getting there. And I do hope they're, they are successful with that. Okay. So moving along real quick here, since we're going kind of long on time. So Fortnite. So first of all, Jay, is your son still listening? He don't want to cover his ears. Yeah, he's 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 jumping into the uh, into the sleeping pod right now. Okay, okay, good. Because <laughs> I'm I'm going to give you a great idea for like a Christmas or birthday gift for him. So you know those little pop figures? They're making oh. Fortnite pop figures. What? Of course really? they are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, he loves those things. Those Funko Pops. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And they're, yep. and they're so cute. Yeah, they, they've shown off one of them. It's like the the guy with like the alligator suit on or whatever. It's it's actually pretty cute. So you know. If you want a good a uh, good idea, I don't think there's a release date when they're coming out, but they are working on them, and there are a couple pictures out there of the Funko Pop figures for Fortnite. Which okay, is- I will make sure that I don't tell Boy that that is a thing, and uh, and I will surprise him with one at some point when it comes out. Fantastic. On video. What was that? On video. Stream that. Okay. Live stream. I might be able to do that actually. Reaction video, unboxing, if you will. Dad and, Dad and Boy stream. Boy reacts to Dad gift. <laughs> Oh, only, only if I can, only if I can do it while I'm carrying an axe, and I can, I can make yeah. him like be shirtless out in the yard or something with it, <laughs> <laughs> with like barely enough fur peloton to keep him warm. <laughs> um, so that's pretty cool. Another thing that I kind of wanted to bring up that they're starting to make noises about uh, the Save the World campaign. So everyone knows about Fortnite Battle Royale, but the Save the World campaign actually came first, and that was kind of the PVE zombie survival base building sort of deal. It's kind of how I got into the franchise. Yeah, it was the um, actual game before the, the Battle Royale. The actual <laughs> game, yeah. Um, and so the game had always been slated to be free to play once it was launched. They were just kind of doing like a paid early access deal, um, which I think kind of turned some people away. And I think that they were smart to make Battle Royale free and not have like a, a gated entry. But the goal was for Save the World to make it free. And they are looking to launch the game sometime this year in 2018 with like the full free-to-play model so if you you know are been interested in kind of the save the world campaign but don't want to you know buy into it um that should be coming sometime this year which is pretty cool but one thing that kind of caught my attention i didn't realize is that v bucks which is kind of the premium currency you use for battle royale you get v bucks from playing um save the world campaign and they sometimes have it as like a daily you know login reward what? Whoa, whoa, whoa say that again so the V Bucks, right? The premium currency for um, yeah, yeah, no, Battle very, Royale. Trust me, it, it's the same currency in the Save the World campaign, and you can earn it in in game from Save the World. And sometimes there's like a login bonus that will award V Bucks, and uh, that is cross compatible. 
So you can earn V-Bucks and save the world and spend them in Battle Royale if you want to, or vice versa. Oh, okay. I, I was not aware of that because, uh, all right, so I'm more interested in potentially picking that up then. Yeah, no, it's in, in and like I said, it's going to be free eventually if you want to wait. Um, if you do buy into it, it comes with a pretty sizable chunk of stuff to kind of get you started. It felt like a good value to me when I purchased it. It's not going to like make the game trivial, but it does kind of give you a nice little bump in the beginning. And I think it might even come with some V-Bucks. I'm not sure on that, but just kind of a fun fact. I didn't even think about it, but it makes sense that you can actually use that currency in both versions of the game. So that's kind of neat. So I thought I'd mention that. Okay, so the last topic I wanted to cover, and, and I, I haven't been tracking exactly what it is, but I saw Jay, you were kind of retweeting about it this morning. What's going on with Destiny 2 and some Lost Sector exotic mission? Well, what's going on with that? Um, okay, so in, in very briefly, um, in, the pat, in the patch that just came out like on the 17th, uh, there, there was a, a very well-known Destiny exotic called Black Spindle in, uh, in, D, in D1 in the first game. There's a there's a version of it. It's called the Whisper of the Worm. Uh, you know the, the Worm Gods, the big sandworm looking thing. You know, like Dune sandworm looking thing you had to fight in uh, Destiny Two. So it is uh, it is on the planet Io. There's a very specific thing that triggers it, and you may have been triggering it and didn't even know it because it's it's done in a very devious way where there's a you know, big public event. Generally, people get attracted to the public events. It's an easy way to get loot. Um, and then off in the corner, well away from the public event, there will be a, um, like a yellow bar, like a boss that will spawn. That's definitely well away from you. And it, basically you go, you go kill that boss and you, you, there's a couple other little mechanics you got to do. And then it will spawn a portal that will take you into the, one of the lost sectors, but it's, it is entirely different than anything else in any of these lost sectors. Uh, it's not a reskin either. It is a massive, and when I say massive, I mean massive level uh, with some pretty insane like jumping puzzles, platforming that you have to do that you know for about the first half, and then it gets to a, a combat phase that is you know quite intense. You need to be pretty much max power level, uh, you know, to to attempt this, and you generally got to do it with a full fire team. So long story, and here's the thing, the whole thing's timed. It's 20 minutes. So if you don't do it in 20 minutes, you might as well wipe because you're not going to get the loot, you know, the, the specific exotic sniper rifle, which is a very, very cool, um, like a very cool skin to it. You know, like the like how it is constructed, it looks basically like a Taken weapon, you know, Taken being one of, the, one of the bad guy races in, uh, in Destiny. So what they've effectively done is created... And it's extremely exciting. Like the, the community, the Destiny community is super on board with this. And this is exactly the kind of thing that they are uh, pumping up very hard with Bungie right now. It's like, this is what you want Lost Sectors to be. You want them to be a uh, somewhere, you know, imagine like a mini raid slash almost like a strike, a, like a heroic strike or nightfall you can do, but but short, like very crisp and difficult uh, with with uh, requisite rewards. And this is a, this is a pretty good way to do it. So basically if you do the mission and you're successful, uh, you get the exotic rifle, which is quite good. It is quite powerful. Uh, and pretty much any, again, if you meet the requirements and you are good enough to do the mission, you can knock it out in 20, you have to knock it out in 20 minutes. People are speed running it in about 12 right now, like, you know, 12, 1230, something like that. 
uh, and then you can go right back in and continue to do that mission. Uh, you can get it to spawn about once every hour-ish or so. Uh, well, you well you can do it on a heroic level after you do it the first time, and then so you can get the catalyst to upgrade the exotic even further. You get skins for it and all kind of other stuff. So if this is a test out model for some things that they want to do with Lost Sectors and other content, they are knocking it out of the park right now. So a lot of buzz right now. It's a really cool weapon. There's a lot of lore tied to it too. Um, so it's pretty cool. This, it, it's another very clear indicator to me that Bungie is perhaps on the right track with the Forsaken update coming up in, in, a, in a couple of months. So again, if they continue to go down this road, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna uh, bode well. But that's basically the event in a nutshell. Uh, what they've also had done, we'll have to go into a lot of detail on it right now, but uh, they did update a lot of the different exotic armor pieces and a lot of different sandbox things in the game uh, on the 17th of July when this, uh, when this sort of uh, lost sector uh, event or you know uh, secret mission sort of spawned in the game that are quite good, getting a lot of really good reviews from a lot of the sandbox changes they made. So right now, things are looking pretty good in, in the Destiny world. This is where I'm letting out a deep sigh because everything you described sounds actually really cool and what I've wanted from Destiny for a long time. So, Jay, don't bullshit me. I've stepped away from Destiny. You know why I've done it. Is it worth me coming back to take a look at what they're working on? Or should I wait until we get more of a, a look at what Forsaken's going to actually be like? Um, I okay. Have you been following the Game Informer uh, stuff this month on on Forsaken? I have not been tracking very closely. So, so this out. month's so this month's cover story for the Game Informer magazine is the Forsaken uh, update. Now, this is actually pretty rare because Game Informer rarely, or they they normally do not do yearly updates on a game as a feature, or, and they don't do like re reviews or any of that kind of. That, that's very rare that they do that. It is it is probably a good indicator that the changes to destiny are significant enough that they're it's sort of like a, a you know uh, it's definitely it's definitely a bit of a mini restart uh, that that they're deep diving on it there's they've got a lot of really good videos that highlight some of the changes in the new game modes uh, which the gambit game mode is getting rave reviews from everybody everybody's gotten their hands on it Uh I, I have not I have not heard a single negative remark about it yet, which is pretty rare in a kind of video game world. Uh, so I know I'm giving you like a long answer to a short question. I I think I, I was pretty I was pretty pretty skeptical about Destiny's future uh, uh, generally, and I've been kind of like looking around, looking at Anthem and a lot of other stuff. I I think this may be uh, I think this may be the thing that brings people back. Uh, now the, 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 unfortunate problem is that they basically burned a year to do it, but this may very well be the thing that brings people back to destiny. Uh, that's my, that's my initial opinion right now, based on everything I've seen. People have gotten some hands on at like guardian con down in Florida. Uh, some other folks that have been to, uh, like E3 that, that got it. There's a lot of good coverage on it right now. I've not heard a lot of people concerned about it. Let me put it that way. So, don't go out and get the pre-order yet, uh, but if you have like you know the money like hanging around on your dresser or something like that, uh, I would I would I would I would just hold on to it and see how it goes. Uh, we'll know a lot more before it drops, uh, I think, in terms of what's going to go on because there's a lot of stuff they're still announcing about it. 
so right now I think I, I would lean towards yes you would be you would like what what's what they're doing but don't go out and pre-order quite yet okay fair enough I think I will take a look at what they're working on I have not been covering or playing or tracking this game for a couple months now but from just hearing you talk about it my brother talk about it and just tidbits here and there I'm kind of begrudgingly admitting that it sounds kind of cool and I might want to take a look at it. So well, I, I might dip my toe back into the, let, let me, let me put it this way. One of the, so a couple of the things they did, which was quite smart. They've definitely changed the design philosophy, but you know, the, the, the only point I'm going to make is they are very focused on every time you log in, there's something worthwhile doing. Uh, and it sounds like in, in that regard, they, I believe they are going to succeed in doing that. Okay. That's fair. I appreciate that because I guess I've been kind of looking at it and I wanted to get your opinion from my brother is so susceptible to hype that I don't trust him all the time, but I, I figure you this is have true. a level he head. Is. So. He is, but he's like, it's going to be great. And he's got bows. Not it. I'm like, okay, calm down, kid. I know you're excited, but I need you to be uh, straight with me. Honestly, one of the best things you can do probably is if you popped online, uh, you could uh, game share with either me or Dante and and you could follow us and we could do like a show around because it i will say this the game plays a lot differently than probably the last time you played it like there's been a lot of changes like in terms of movement um and fluidity sort of sort of in the game so it, it will feel differently but i i think you'll like it uh so we'll see but yeah definitely check out some of those game informer videos though like i am Perfect. super I, I will say this i'm not overly hyped about shit on this one but I'm very stoked about the new play areas, the two big new play areas that they're coming in. They look phenomenal. They, I mean, they, they literally look phenomenal. All right. Well, I'll take a look at it and check those, those uh, articles out. So it should be good. All right, guys. Uh, good show. I think we're kind of good to wrap this one up. Is there any other quick topics you guys want to cover or are we good for shout outs? Shout outs it is. All right. So my shout out for this week. So this, this past weekend, I actually left on Friday and flew up to Minnesota to visit my grandmother, who was celebrating her 90th birthday. So it was pretty cool. Good to see her. Um, she's doing really well for for being 90. So go Nana. It goes to her. Yeah, because you know she she absolutely listens to the show. She's very interested in all of the video games and news and stuff. Um, hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, shout out to her because it was it was good to see her. All right, Zell, you're up. I, I can't not follow that up by also shouting out to my grandma who let me know that the Microsoft Jigsaw game can now do like 400 and 600 piece puzzles because she is, in her words, a gamer because she plays Scrabble online with people and, and she plays the Jigsaw puzzle game and Solitaire. Hey man, don't, don't hate. According to EA, uh, we have to respect the mobile gaming market. They said so at uh, oh. <laughs> let, let, let me tell you that my uh, my grandma plays so much solitaire with the, the microsoft solitaire collection app that the ad free cost like the the the, the uh add-on to take the ads out of it is worth it for her for solitaire um so uh no but but okay so my actual shout out uh i do have a shout out for uh all you guys uh here and bait who of course is not here for last week's show i'm so proud of you all um uh it, this is so this last sunday was not the not the first time that i haven't been available on a sunday but for for various reasons that usually involve other people being unavailable or whatnot um the sh the, the reason that it took this long for there to be an episode without me is just that things didn't come together for a show or for whatever reason we ended up delaying it or doing a different time or moving our skip week for the year or whatever we did um 
So I was truly thrilled that like I, I came back at like whatever 1 a.m. at night and I looked online and there was a podcast that was posted with with the, the notes and it was a good show. And I stayed up to like 3 a.m. listening to it, I think. Um, and uh, I, I'm just I'm just thrilled. He's like, my chitlins are all grown up. <laughs> uh, no, we, 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 I thought we did pretty well. I don't think I botched the upload, so that's, that's always good. Everything looked uh, looked pretty good. And, and um, you know, uh, for those who don't know, Pokey's taken over uh, on a bunch of the editing and posting things. So it, it, it was really cool. I just, I was gone and, and things happened anyways. It was cool. So thank you. Thank you. All right, Jay, you're up. Uh, okay, so I have a a little atypical for me. I have what I'd like like to refer to as a, a negative shout out, uh, or in my language, a hey asshole. Uh, so there's this guy called Nightly Gaming, spelled like K N I G H T L Y. Nightly Gaming. Um, he's a content creator on YouTube pre- predominantly. Uh, he covers a a game that I, I play, a mobile game for, for that I play called Mar- Marvel Strike Force. Um, it's a fun game. Like I like its turn-based RPG type stuff. It's it's real fun. A lot of Marvel characters. Really well done technically, but for the last thirty days, they've been plagued with a lot of like classic mobile game problems in terms of monetization and and, and some other things. Well, it came out that uh, it's a very competitive game, so you're like in these you know like PvP ladders all the time. Well, this guy Nightly Gaming, he they just increased the level cap, and then suddenly, like almost overnight, he's at max level, which in which is beyond what even like the heavy dutyest, the heavy hitness whales, you know, like the Denny Fleetfoot slash, you know, like Zells can do in a game. And he was called on it kind of publicly on social media, and he disclosed that he was he had actually been in the employ of Fox Next Games, who make Marvel Strike Force, and they had given him a lot of in-game resources with which to make content videos. But he's also on live PvP servers. So you guys can start to see where the problem is here. Uh, Because what he's getting is basically things that quite literally make him dramatically more powerful uh, in the game, or at least can. He can out-level people, he can out-gear up people, and all this other kind of jazz. And he was in the wild, so to speak, in the the open game PvP servers. and that, and this is right before they were going to do a big, uh, you know, like a big Marvel gaming laydown at Comic Con, and uh, a lot of the other YouTube content creators, like he's the only one that got that advantage, uh, and they're all on a lot of other. Most of them cover cover other games, and they have test servers that are specifically for YouTubers and podcasters and Twitch streamers to go on, so they can make content showing like high level stuff. Uh, that's very common. That they, they don't do that in Marvel Strike Force yet. So all the other content creators started calling him on it immediately, and they're like, "Hey, this is not kosher. This is not right." Uh, it's not because he was getting an advantage they weren't. It was because he was on a live PvP server, um, and, and basically it was affecting. It affects everybody that plays the game, and it was very, is very much not transparent. You know, it was very not. It was one of those like if nobody had ever found out or called him on it, uh, they wouldn't have found out. And he basically said so in a video. Uh, and all of his videos, for the for the record, he disables comments on them. Like, so you can't comment or like or dislike the video. Which, by the way, that's usually an, an indicator of some sketchy stuff going on. Um, what why he is getting my hey asshole uh, shout out of the week is uh, another fairly 
you know, fairly well-known YouTuber that covers a lot of mobile games and, and stuff like that. Very, very popular, you know, YouTuber. Uh, not, not very controversial. Very, you know, seems like a pretty good dude. He posted a pretty, a pretty savage kind of roast of this guy because of this. And he's been in trouble with some other games in his sort of uh, social media, his like media history. And he put up a, about a you know, 15 or 20 minute video that, that kind of, you know, took this guy to task. It was not evil. It was funny as hell, uh, but it, you know, got a little savage, a couple of points, but it, it, nothing was over the line. It was all pretty factual too, with, with evidence. This guy, Nightly Gaming, put a YouTube uh, copyright strike on him. So the way YouTube works is you can basically put a strike on anybody for any reason. YouTube does not arbitrate it. They just take it at face value. So what that does to another YouTuber is it takes literally, prevents them from making money. It curtails the amount of content they can create. It hides their posts. It, 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 there are massive ramifications. It's literally like walking into somebody's job and saying, hey, um, we're going to take about a third of your, your salary away and there's nothing you can do about it. No matter how bullshit the claim is, that's basically what this guy did. Uh, and anybody that posts a video about it, that's calling him on it. They are subject to also being getting a strike. Even if it's lifted, it will still monetarily affect them, you know, for the two, three, four weeks or whatever it takes, you know, YouTube to arbitrate it. So this guy, uh, he gets my Hey Asshole Douchebag of the Week award uh, just for the method that he's handling this. And the runner-up is also Fox Next for the way that they have handled this whole situation, which is to say they've basically, basically been on radio listing silence and haven't said a word. Uh, so that's my shout-out slash Hey Asshole of the Week to Nightly Gaming. Feel free to look him up. That's a yeah, that's, that's a, yeah. a bait worthy shout out, right? Well, I, I can tell you, it's actually a big enough deal that it's been picked up by a lot of folks that don't normally cover, like you know, folks that don't normally cover this kind of stuff, uh, in, like you know, in mobile gaming and that kind of jazz, like YouTube influencer business. Uh, it's actually been picked up by Polygon and you know, quite a few other sort of gaming outlets by now. Yeah, the way that YouTube deals with that stuff is, like you said, you can you can fix it, but you're still down for the count for making money. And for some people, that's their livelihood. Where it's like, hey, you make less money for the three weeks it takes to fix this. That's that's really shitty. And I hope that they can somehow counterclaim and you know get this guy for abusing that system. Yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll keep All you posted right. if they do. Cool. All right, Livy, you're up. Wow, after that, that was so, that was so deep. Um, my shout-out actually was going to go to Jay for, um, there was a bit of side commentary where you were talking about Destiny actually reselling the game to Pokey and making, <laughs> and make, and making him fidget in his seat like, flush, I fire it up. <laughs> so thank you because <laughs> I've been thinking about getting on it myself, but I don't usually fly solo in that hey, game. Hey, so. I got, I'm going to get Magda, Magda hats made up, make Destiny Gregan hats. Oh, it's gonna be huge. It's gonna be the best oh my ever. God. It'll be the biggest right. destiny you've ever seen. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Well, that's our show. Um, you know, I want to thank you guys for joining us. If you want to be on the show, if you have any topics you want us to cover, do let us know. Go to biomass.com and, and hit us up there, and we'll be more than happy to accommodate you. With that being said, I hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Bye.